0: Okay, we're going to start here on the top of Num Hey Amid the second line down. Rav Yehuda was sitting in front of Shmuel. We know that Rav Yuda was both a Talmud of Rav and they later on a Talmud of Shmuel. This woman came by. She was screaming. Whether she was asking for justice or atzadaka, whatever it was. He didn't pay attention to her. Rav Yehuda says to his Rebbe, Rav Yehuda says to one who closes his ears to the cries of the impoverished, those that are poor, he will also then call out and not be answered. So I'm really, shinina. Shinina is a nickname for Rav Yehuda. One of two reasons: Shinina either means sharp because he was Tamil chacham, very sharp, or Shinina in other places talks about teeth that he had long teeth, and there was a description or an adjective describing his appearance. Your Rebbe is in cold water, referring to himself. That's what Shmuel is saying. But the Rebbe of your Rebbe, he's in hot water. Marukva was the av and Shmuel felt that it was Marukva's responsibility to take care of the woman. The fact that Marukva didn't take care of her or don't deal with it, Shmuel didn't feel obligated to deal with the situation because his Rebbe Marukva was there. Therefore, he says to Rebbe Yehuda, your Rebbe, meaning me, Shmuel is okay. It's Marukva who's in trouble with this. Tosvot in Baba Batra brings that there's a misora that because of this incident, that Latidavo, Rebbe Yehuda will be the Rebbe of Shmuel, that in Olam Abba, because of this incident, that Rabbi Yehuda cared about this woman and her plight, that he was given a higher ranking in the Olam Abad, and Shmuan, he became Shmuel's Rebbe in the Olam Marukva The in, is in big trouble, because it says, Beit David, Hashem. Speaking to Beit David, speaking to Tzidkiyahu HaMelech, Yermiyahu says to Tzidkiyahu, Tzidkiyahu had sent messengers to Irmiyahu to ask them if they're going to be okay. Nebuchadrezzar had come and surrounded the city of Yerushalayim, they were going to breach the walls. They were going to conquer Yerushalayim. So he sends messengers to Yermiyahu, asking him if we're going to be okay. Will Hashem save us like He always has saved us? So this is what he says to them. Beit David, Hashem, dinu boker mishpat. In the morning, you should adjudicate righteously. V'atzilu gazul and take that which is stolen away from the oppressors, Pen, they because otherwise my anger will come forth like fire, Ubaran will consume, and there will be no extinguishing it. It's Korean aktive. The Active is Malalehem, the Kree is Malalechem, because of your bad ways. So you see here that there's an obligation on the leaders to adjudicate to bring justice. Marukva, being the av is the one that should have taken care of this situation, and therefore Shmuel felt it was Marukva's responsibility. If Marukva didn't pay heed or didn't pay attention, that there wasn't anything that Shmuel could do either because it was Marukva's responsibility, or because Shmuel felt that Marukva would not take Tochacha from him, he would not accept his rebuke if he told Marukva to do it therefore Shmuel backed away and said to Rabbi Yudha, I'm not in bad shape it's Baruchva who's really going to be in bad shape Rabbi Zerah the Rabbi Simon Rabbi Zehra says to Rabbi Simon you should give Luta to the household of the exilarch they won't accept it from me even if they don't accept it you should still give them Tokoka." God never decided to do something good. and reversed his opinion for bad, Except for this issue. This issue being that they didn't give tokocha. We're going to bring an example from the Yechezkel in one second. This, lo'aloha, is extremely important. There's a demand here that one gives tokocha, even though the recipients will not listen to him. Tosa over here it says, That's only true, if there's any doubt about whether they will accept it or not accept it. If you have any questions that they might, they might not, then you must give the tokocha. <speaking in Hebrew> if they for certain will not accept the tokocha, <speaking in Hebrew> leave them alone. <speaking in Hebrew> it's better that they do it as a shogeg meaning in ignorance, rather than being mezidim. Once they know about it, then they'll be considered to be Sinners with intent. Because they know what's supposed to be done. And they're ignoring it. The chiluk here. Or this difference that we say. In certain instances we give tochacha no matter what. In other instances we say hold back. In general. When it comes to Dinei In Dinei we say that. A person should give tochacha. If he has any safeq that they will listen. If he doesn't think they're going to listen. There's no obligation to give tochacha. In right Derabbanan. It seems that the locha should be that he has to give tokaka no matter what. Within the Doraito realm, the poskim bifurcate and say that if it's a dovar hamifurash betorah, something that is explicit in the Torah, that it's written in the Torah, then you must give tokaka even if they will not listen. Because it's written in the Torah. It's not something that there's any questions about, there's not any suffix about it, it's something that's black and white in the Torah. If it's something that is either, again, Dirabanan or something that's not from Furash requires a drasha. So the example that Tosfot brings over here is Tosefet Yom HaKippurim. Tosefet Yom Kippurim is a dindoraita learned out of the Psukim. But it's a drasha on the Psukim because it says, Mi Erev That that says from evening tim of Yom HaTashi, and includes the ninth day. So over there, Chazal or Doresh, that means that you have to be mostly michol Kodesh. So that's a drushah There, we say that you do not have to give tochacha if they're not going to listen. So the requirement of giving tochacha, irrespective of whether they're going to listen or not, is only when they din do the that's mufurash bakra. Anything else, whether it's the right to through a drasha or a dinay then if there's a safek, we demand of you to give Tochuchah. If there is no safek, you know they're not going to listen. Over there, you do not have to give Tochuchah. Now the Gemara continues with where he's going to bring the proof that when somebody didn't give Tochuchah, it ended up that God switched his mind from doing something good to something bad. He says to him, Avor should Go through the city, through tav, and you should... Draw, or mark, a Tav, a letter Tav, on the foreheads of those people, that are sighing, over all the abominations that are taking place inside the city of Yerushalayim. Go and mark on the foreheads, of the tzadikim, tav, shel diyo, made out of ink. So that when the malachim of destruction come, they won't take out their wrath on these individuals. On the foreheads of the rishaim, tav shel dam. You should write a tav made of blood. So that will, permission will be granted to the malachi chabala to attack them. Now, what's interesting here is the Pasuk itself only has one tav written in it only speaks about writing one letter tough. So some of the miforshim say, as Ra'at says here, They didn't learn this out of the Pasuk. It's just the svarah. The Pasuk says, put a Tav there. That tough is referring to the Tzadikim. They infer from that that the Rishayim also had some sort of mark that the Malachi Chabala knew to attack. That's how some read it. Others read it that you can actually learn it out of the two words in the Pasuk, which is Nenachim and nenatim. Those that sigh and those that are crying. Those that are, that are crying are the tzaddikim. They are crying over the khurban. Those that are sighing are the rishayim. Who are sighing over the loss of life. And therefore they learn out that there's a tab on the rishayim and on the tzaddikim. So, Amra midata din lefne karjbrachu. Midata din comes from Rashayim. Mibonashalam. Manish to know elu me Why are these protected and these not protected? I and mean, why are the tzaddikim protected and not the rishayim? Amra la, Alalu tzaddikim These are great tzaddikim. Valu rishayim kumorim. And these are evil people. Amra Ayabi They had the ability to give Tokha to chastise those that were doing evil and they didn't. Omarlah Hashem said to the Mida Din, Galoi Biadulla Fanai, Shimikubaam, Loika Blum. But if they did give Tokha, they wouldn't have accepted it. So Amra, the Mida Din says, If Na Vribono Sholalaam Imlafana Galoi Laham Migaloi. You might have known that. But these Sadiqim didn't know that. If they didn't know that, they're obligated to give Tokha. Because, and that's what Tos would say before, if you're uncertain as to whether you're going to accept the Tochecha or not, you have to give the Tochecha. And this is what it says in the subsequent psukim, ubutula, vitaf, there's above missing Pesukim, that all of these individuals, the old, the young, the maiden, the child, the women, my you will wipe them out. If anybody has the mark of the Tav on them, don't touch them. I mean it's a And then it concludes, Begin from my Migdash, from my sanctuary. And then it says, Remainder of the Pasuk, Banashim, Begin with the elders that were around the Beta Migdash. Sutani Rav Yosef, Al mikdashi. don't read it as mikdashi, that he began from the mikdash, from those that are sanctified, those that are holy, who are those that are holy? These are the people that kept the Torah from Aleph until Taf, that is the siman of the Taf, the Taf says, indicates that these are individuals who kept Kola Torah Kula, same with the Rishaim Aleph at means that they kept nothing of the Torah, So the sign of the Taf was that they should have been saved, and yet, it says in the Basuk, migdashi te chelu. Mikdashi, if you don't read it as Mikdashi, but rather as Mikudashai, as being those that are holy, those that are tzaddikim, means that originally Hashem said, because they had the tub on their foreheads, they were protected. And then Hashem changed His mind and allowed them to be consumed with the rest of the people there, because, as we saw before, they were not mochiach those that were around them, and therefore they're held responsible. Umiyad, and we see, just as in here is the Gemara quotes of Pasuk, which is actually before these Pasukim. This is in Pasuk Bet, in the same parak, out of order, making it sound like this is the continuation, which is, Vine Shishan Ashrim Baim, There were six people who were coming from the upper gate, Asher Safona, that faces to the north. Kli, Each one of them had their, whether it's a sledgehammer or some sort of utensil used for a shkita. And There was one man amongst them, Lavush Badim, Hey, is not found in the pasuk. Lavush Bodim, that was dressed in linen. He had either the slate or the inkwell of the sofer around his loins. They came. They stood next to the copper mizbeach. It says nechoshet Since when, in the time of Yeheskel, is there a mizbeach nechoshet? Amar lo, Baruch Hu, Shomrim shira. That it can't mean literally the Mizbeach HaNechoset because Shlomo HaMelech put that into Gnizah. The Mizbeach HaNechoset was not large enough to use in the Mikdash. Therefore Shlomo replaced the Mizbeach nechoshet with a Mizbeach Avanim. He put up a Mizbeach that was much larger than the and HaNechoset and he put the Mizbeach nechoshet into Gnizah. And that's the case, why in the time of Yechezkel they spoke speaking about a Mizbeach HaNechoset? The answer is that it's near the Mizbeach where they used Kalei nekoshet. Near the Mizbech, they used the copper instruments. That's referring to the place of the Levim, Levim that sang and played the instruments in the Mikdash. So that's what this is referring to. So that's where you should begin with those individuals in terms of the killing. Who are these six men that came in? These are Malachi Chabala. These are the Malachim of destruction. And their names are adjectives that refer to anger and destruction. Ketsef, Af, Rechemah are all different forms of anger. Umashkit MishaBer, Michaleh are all descriptions of destruction. So these are the six Malachi Chabala that were let loose on Yerushalayim. And they begin near the placement of the Leviim by the Mizbeach Ha'aneh so either the reason that we know that the Tzaddikim were killed here anyway is either because they started by the people, by the Mizbeach, who were clearly the Tzaddikim, or because of the drush of Rav Yosef, which is that it wasn't Mikdashi, but rather mikudashai. Tav. Why was Tav used as the sign for those individuals? So amrab, Tav, Tichyeh, Tav, Tamut. There's a Tav for those that are going to live, and a Tav for those that are going to die. Shmuel Amar, Tama zchutabot. This was the end of the merit of the forefathers. The merit of the forefathers would no longer stand for them or help them out. For Yochanan Amar, that there would be kindness from Hashem because of the skut avot. So what is interesting here is our Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan arguing. That turns out to be a machloket in the Balei There's someone to say that when Shmuel says that's only for the Rishayim. The Rishayim skut avot ended. But for the Tzadikim... S'kutavot still was around. And that's the statement of Rabbi Yochanan. Shmuel believes that S'kutavot ended. And then Rabbi Yochanan said, no, for the tzaddikim, S'kutavot continued. That's one way to read it. The other way to read it is that Shmuel Thomas. Tama S'kutavot means both for the Rishayim and the tzaddikim. S'kutavot was over. How did the tzaddikim survive? They survived on their own merit. They didn't need skutavot, but the Rishayim that needed skutavot, they were not able to survive. And then Rabbi Yochanan would be arguing and say, no, chanum snukotavot, skutavot was not terminated, did not end. So it happens to be in Tosafot, makhloka between the Rabbeinu Tam and the Ri. The Rabbeinu Tam says, tam skutavot, skutavot is ended, it's terminated. Ava vot, lotama. But the covenant with the avot never ends. And he says, I'll bring you a proof, because in the Tokucha, in Parshat Bechukotai, says, and that's at the end of the galut that's after the galut so it's even post this time and you see that it still says that I remember the covenant so therefore we don't that's what the Rebbein of Tam suggests that we don't mention Whenever we invoke the forefathers, we're invoking them for brita Avot, for the covenant with our forefathers, not with the Zchut, the merit of the Avot. On the other hand, the Re says that they're not arguing. Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan are not arguing. Shmuel's talking about the rishaim, And Rabbi Yochanan's talking about the Tzaddikim and Zchut avot still stands for us. And he says like this, The Apishat the Batarachi, And the Ri says, based on this, that's what we rely on, to mention Skutavot of olam kayemet that never runs out, and therefore according to the Ri we do subscribe to Skutavot and that it still exists. So it's an important machloke between Rabeinu Tam and the Ri that when we speak about our forefathers and we invoke the names of our forefathers, are we asking a with the merit of our forefathers, or are we asking a b'britavot for the covenant with our forefathers for Hashem to act to help us and to have rachamim mercy upon us? I mean, obviously, vote is more fundamental. That's why the Rebbeinu no. Tam says, even though Zchut vote was terminated, vote still exists. But Zchut vote is very important. We many times can't stand on our own. We invoke our forefathers to try to have Hashem have mercy upon us. Tav, <speaking in Hebrew> Tav is the final letter of the signature of God. Rabbi or says, Shel Emet. The signature of Hashem is truth. And so the last letter of his signature is tough, And that's why they use the tough. We'll see that later on in the Mosefta as well. Emet is made up of the three letters. Aleph being the first letter of the alphabet, tough being the last. And Mem being the middle letter. What's implied by that, Hashem is Rishon Vacharon. He's in the beginning to end. And he's still Mashkiach in the middle. So Hashem is always there. Will always be there. And he's Mashkiach Ala Olam Kulo. And that's why Hashem is Emet. Sheker is the opposite. Sheker has three letters in a row. Resh, Shin. In the alphabet, they're all together. And the Gmar points out in other places that the Aleph Mem and the Toph are all stable letters. They stand on the two feet. But Sheker, all the letters there are pointy. And they only stand on one foot. So they're unstable. That's the idea of this. Emit being the Chotamau Shalak Kodesh Bar Nachmani Amar Adam Torah These are the people that kept the Torah from A to Z, Aleph through Taf, and that's why they use the Simar of the Taf. So now the Gemara goes back and queries, According to Shmuel, who says that Tzchut ended, when did Tzchut end? When did it stop? So in the time of Novi, Hoshea. Shinamar says in Parak Bet, in hosheya when he's talking about the Mashal HaZona, it says, "V'ata now agaleh I will expose their abomination, name to the eyes of all those that have loved her. V'ish Lena, miadi, and there will be no one there, or no man will save them from my hand." So Hashem says this to mean nobody who could save B'nai Israel, implying that the Sukkah vote is no longer there. The vote can't intercede or can't protect B'nai Yisrael at this point in time. Shmuel Amar So in the time of Chazael, Chazael is the king of Aram. It says, He put pressure on Bnei Israel throughout the time period of Yoachaz. It says, later on, Chazael passes away, and his son Ben Haddad takes over for him, and Yoachaz's son Yoash takes over, and at that point, they're able to free themselves from the burden of Aram. It says, It says, Vahirachameim. Hashem had mercy on them. Vahifin alayhem. Laman brito. He turns to them because of the Brit, the covenant, at the ram yakov. Velo ava hashchitam. And he didn't want to destroy them. panav. Adata. Not to throw them away from his face until that point in time. So there are two ways to learn this pasuk, according to the Rabbeinu Tam, The Dio got the pasuk, it says, because it says laman brito. The reason that Hashem saved them was because of the covenant with the avot. Not because of schut avot, but rather because of the covenant. And that's the deal out of the Pasuk, and that's how you know Zchut Avot ended. Rashi, on the other hand, says that it's Zchut because it says, until now, meaning that Zchut was until that time. It protected them. From that point forward, it would not protect them anymore. So already from the time of Elio, Zchut was over, Balota mincha. This is on Hara Carmel when Eloyo has the showdown with the Nivie Habao. It says at the time of Mincha, Eliyahu and Navi, Eliyahu anavi comes forward. By Yom Rosh Elokei Abraham, Yitzchak, Yisrael, Hayom Ivada. Today, make it apparent, Ki Atalu Kim Yisrael, that you're the God of Israel. Vani Abdecha, I'm your servant. Ubdvarcha, Asiti, Itpolat it, Vreimela, and only from your word or from your instruction, I did everything that is here. But what do you see? That you see that Eliyahu invokes over there, Abraham, Yitzchak, Yisrael, Hayom. Today, today, this Zikruta vote will help, but after today, it will not help. What does he do with the psukim like by Chazael? So that's what Rashi says, In the time of Chazael, through Rachamim, through mercy, Hashem was willing to take care of them. And he mentioned the Avot to gain that mercy, but not that the Avot, the merit of the Avot, helped at that point in time. Because that's after the time of Leo, according to B'shu Ben Levi. Yochan Amar, Mimei Chizkiyo. The time of the Chizkiyo, that's when Zchut was Tama. Shne because it says... So here it's referring to Chizkiyahu Melech. Yishiyahu has a nevuah that a son will be born that will be a savior. That savior is Chizkiyahu Melech, and it says that he will expand the realm Kates and there will be no limit to the shalom. Al David on the throne of David and his kingdom, Lachinota. To put it in place, to prepare it, to have a foundation, to establish it, bimishpat with righteousness and generosity. From now and forever, Kinata says, the jealousy of Hashem will do this. So over here you see, it says Miatah, kinata shem From this point forward it's only Kinata Hashem. And Hashem is Jealous, or protecting his name, or being mekadeshim shemayim—that's what will protect B'nai Israel. But no longer Vot. This is one of the proofs of the re that even Rabbi Yochanan agrees that there was Vot, because Rabbi Yochanan over here says we make Chizkiel. He also says that skutavot was around until the time of Chizkiel, and only at that point does it stop. Rabbi Yochanan before said Chanun skutavot that even at the time of Yeheskel, at the time of the korban, that the skutavot was still there. Yet Rabbi Yochanan over here has the opinion that the skutavot ended at the time of Chizkyo. So how do you reconcile those? You say that Tamas skutavot is for the Rishaim, Chanuan skutavot, that is for the Tzedekim. That's one of the Ree's proofs that Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan are really not arguing. And when we say Tamas skutavot, that's only for the Rishaim, not for the Tzedekim. Yam Ravami. Ravami posits a thesis, which is, Emi Tablochet. One cannot die without sin. Veni Surim Avon. And there is no afflictions or difficulties without iniquity. Now, as Tosovo points out over here, the word chait refers to shkaga. Ein mitah below chait, chait elu ashkagot, That's even bishkaga. Avonot elu as donot, and avon refers to this donot. By mitah, the gzera comes even if it's a shkaga, even if it's a mistake, even if it's from ignorance. With regards to Yisurim, that means only when you do something intentionally wrong. Be avon is there isurim. Ein mita below How do I know that? The, pasuk says in, the one who sins, the soul that sins, will die. The child will not carry the iniquities of the father. And the father will not carry the iniquities of the child. The righteousness of the tzadik will be his. And the evilness of the one who is evil, that will belong to him as well. Each person will be judged on their own merits. But you see here that you do carry the Avon. and If you sin, then you die. Implying from that, if you don't sin, then you don't die. How do I know that there is no affliction without an Avon? Because it says in Tilim, That I will bring retribution with the staff, with the rod, for their P'Shaim, for their... Violations um nigaim avunam and they will, whether here it means nigaim like leprosy or nigaim means bad will come up to them Avunam on their sins. Metavey, is that really true? What Ravami said. Amrumala Kesharefna J Baruku Ribono Shalam Ipne ma'kanesta Mita Al Adam Why did you punish Adamarishon with death? Amalahem, it's vitif, I gave him one simple command. And he violated it. They kept the entire Torah and they nevertheless they still died. The same end is for everyone. Everyone ends the same way and that's through death. But what do you see here? You see from this Midrash that even though you don't sin you still die. Moshe and Aaron who are clean of any sin they nevertheless died. And Hashem says that because mikre achat everybody's lives in the same way. Tehuda amarki hai ta'ana. Rabbi is subscribing to the position of this tana, the Tanya. Shem in Allah's ak Moshev Aaron am That Moshev Aaron also died because of their sin. Sheneh Amar the puzzle says bi because you did not trust me in order to sanctify my name therefore you are not going to, to sell, therefore you're going to die. Ha, hermantibi, had you trusted me, had you placed your trust in me, you would not have died. Shimon Lazar believes they did die because of that sin. So, is that really true? Does Shimon Lazar really believe that you can only die through sin? Four people died with the atza, itza, of the nachash. With the advice of the Nachash, the advice of the Nachash was to Chava to partake of the Eitzadat Tovira, and because of that, Niknasam is up there before everybody ha- dies in the world because of that. So the Gemara here says there are four people who died not because they sinned, but because everybody has to die because that's the punishment after the Chet of Adam Rishon. Beluhen, who are they? Binyamin ben Yaakov, Amram Avi Moshe. Bishai avid david, v'chil'av ben david. Yamin, the son of Yaakov, one of the 12 shvatim. Amram, who's the father of Moshe Rabbeinu. Ishai, who is the father of David. Now v'chil'av ben david, who's the second child of David. Khilab is an interesting character. In the navi, he's a non-entity. He's born to David. David's oldest son is unknown who is the crown prince, but he is later killed by Shalom. Then we also, after that, have the rebellion of Absalom, who tries to take over the kingdom of David. And towards the end of the life of David, Adonu Yahu also tries to take over the kingdom. It's finally given to Shlomo, who is much younger. He's not even in, technically in line. He's much further down the line. Those are the children of David, in basically an order of their age, except for one, which is this Kilav. Kilav is the second child of David, but he never rebels, never appears. And again, he's like a non-entity. He doesn't exist in David. The Gemara is to face on that, and here you see one of them, that Gilav ben David, he died without sin. What do we know about him? The only thing we know about him is he didn't do what all his other brothers did, which is try to usurp the power, try to take over the kingdom from David. They did not act inappropriately. The Gemara in Brachot also mentioned Gilav that David Melach used to be embarrassed because of Achitofel, and because Achitofel was so smart and such a Talmud Chacham, And eventually... Kilav came around and took care of him. And he was able to one-up Ahitophel. And so David had his revenge, in a sense, on Ahitophel through Chilav. Again, the Gemara elevates this Chilav to an outstanding character, at tzaddik, something that's not found in the Navi at all. But it seems to be because of the way the layout of the Navi is, that every one of the brothers that was problematic is mentioned in the Navi, which is unknown of Shalom The only one that's not mentioned anything about is Chilav. So the assumption being that he was... Someone righteous, he was someone good. Now, Bakulu G'mara, all of them are a Mesorah from Sinai, the varmi Shai of David. So every the father of David, be'kra, that we call out of psukim. because it says, by the merit of Shalom, when Shalom rebels against his father David, he has to now have a general of the army. The general of the army of David is Yoav ben sriah and Yoav ben sriah stays loyal to David in merit of Shalom. So he replaces him with Amasa, that Amasa, son of Shalom, tahad Yoav, so Masa places, uh, Avshalom places Amasa as the general of the army to replace the Yoav. Vamasa ben Ish, he's the son of a man, Ushmo Yitra Israeli. Name was Yitra Yisraeli, Asher Ba El Avigayo Bat Nachash, Who was married to Abigail, the daughter of Nachash, This is the sister of Tzruya, Aim Yoav, the mother of Yoav. Marit says, "Was Abigail really the daughter of Nachash? Wasn't she the daughter of Ishai?" In Divrei Yamim, when it's going through the lineage of Shevet Yehuda, oh, there it notes that Ishai has seven children, seven boys, and they have two daughters. The seven boys, the youngest of which is David Melech, and then in addition to that, they also had two sisters. Their sisters' names are Sruya v'Avigayel. Sruya and Abigail are the sisters of David. Yoav ben Sruya is the nephew of David. His nephew is the one that is the Sar the general of the army. Avshalom, when he goes to put in place a general, he picks Amasa ben Avigayel. Amasa, the son of Abigail, who is also a nephew of David, a first cousin of Avshalom. So he picked for his Tzad Tzavah, for his general, another nephew of David, which his name was Amasa. Now the Gemara says, wait a minute, Abigail is a daughter of Ishai. So why in the Pasuk does it say that she's Abigail Bat Nachash? Abigail the daughter of Nachash. It should be the Abigail the daughter of Ishai. So the answer of the Gemara is, Ela Bat Bet Yosho Nachash. That, uh, Ishai was called Nachash because he only died because of the Necessity for mankind or humans to die. But he hadn't sinned. He doesn't. He doesn't exist. Nachash is just a nickname for Ishai. It's a replacement for the name of Ishai. Ishai didn't sin. And that's why he's nicknamed the Nachash. Because he died because of the Etiosha Nachash. at the Nachash. Otherwise he wouldn't have died. What's interesting in Divrei Yamim. It says there that Avigal Bat uh, Ishai marries. An individual called Itraha Haishma That Itra Ishmaeli, And then born to them is... Amasa. On the other hand, in the Navi, in Shmuel Bet, when it talks about Amasa, it says that Abigail Bat Nachash married a man named Itra HaYisraeli. So it's an interesting difference that one of them indicates that Itra was an Ishmaeli, and the other one indicates that Itra was a Israeli. Aside from the fact that one place it's Abigail Bat Nachash, and the other place it's Abigail Bat Ishai. The it says, "Mani, who's the author of this Brachta that we just brought that these four individuals died?" Without any sin, Elay de asherait. If it's the tana of the bright that we brought before, that the malachay asherait were asking about Moshe and Varon, vaika Moshe and weren't just four people who died without sin. There's six people who died without sin. Moshe and Aaron are part of that list. Why aren't they included in this list? Elav, Rabbi Shimon must be the author of this bright as Rabbi Shimon Alazer. So even though Rabbi Shimon Alazer believes that Moshe and Aaron died because of their sins, nevertheless he believes that there were four people who didn't die because of their sins. And from that you can conclude, there is death without sin, and there is affliction without iniquity. Now it's interesting here, because the might didn't prove anything about Yisurim, it only proved about death, Might just assumes that if it's true by death, it's also true by the Yisurim, and to Yufta, there will Ami, to Yufta, it's a very strong question on Rav Ami. this undermines the thesis of Rav Ami, who says that there's only death through sin, and that there's only Yisurim through iniquity. Amr Reb Shmuel bar Nachmani, Amr Reb Yonatan. Kol haumeir Ruvain chata eno elo Whoever says that Ruvain sinned is mistaken. Shneamar. It says in the pasuk, vaYub neYakov shne masar that the children of Yaakov were twelve. Milameid shukulam shukulim keachat that they were all an even plane, they were all equal. So elo mati mekayim. What we do with the pasuk? It says vaYishkaved Bilha pila geshaviv about Ruvain. It says that he slept with Bilha the concubine of his father, Yaakov. The pasuk has a paschaventa pasuk, which means that it has a parsha, parshiat to sign a pay, in the middle of the pasuk. Pasuk begins, by bilat belege then you have a parsha in the middle of the pasuk, and the pasuk continues with Vayubne Yaakov shnei masar. So the Gemara dashes from that, that the Torah is indicating to us that Ruvein didn't really sin, because he's equated to the other 11 brothers. And this is after the bright immediately after the Pasuk of Ishkav et Bulovilega Shaviv. So what am I gonna do with that? I have to deal with that. Something happened there. that shibilbel Mitzao he changed the beds of his father? and the Pasuk ascribes to him responsibility as if he slept with her. Tanya, what happened here? this Metzadik is saved from that sin, and he never did it how could it be that in the future his descendants would stand on Harival that's the ceremony that they're going to do when they enter Eretz Yisrael they're going to be on Hargizim and Harival six of the Shvatim will be on Hargizim six of them on Harival and they will do the Bracha and the klala. Those that stood on Harival, one of them was Ruvain. Shavit Ruvain. And one of the aruars, one of the curses that they say there is Zamar Arur Shalhevin Meishat Aviv. Curse be the one who sleeps with his father's wife. How could it be possible that he sinned Ruvain? And then his Shavit is going to stand on Harival and say Arur about the incident that their forefather perpetrated. So it can't be that that's the literal meaning of the Pasuk. Then what do I do with that Pasuk? A He went to rectify the grudge of his mother. Amar ima My mother's sister was difficult for her, because they were co-wives to Yaakov, and Rachel was loved by Yaakov. So that was difficult for Shivchaat Achotimi? the Shivchat Rachel should take precedence over my mother. how could she be a co-wife or on equal plane with my mother? Ahmad He moved Yaakov's bed into the tent of Le'ah out of the tent of Bilhah. That he actually caused problems in two beds. One of God and one of Yaakov. Because Yaakov used to have an extra bed in each of the tents of Rachel, Le'ah, Bilhah and Zilpah. Whichever tent he saw the Shekhinah present on that bed, he would move his bed in there. So when Reuven went ahead and mixed up the beds, and he did two things. He mixed up the bed of Yaakov, but he also mixed up the bed of the Shekhinah. And therefore he is held responsible for this because he tried to rectify that which was being done to his mother. And he took action on his own, but he was wrong about that. Therefore the Torah ascribes to him that responsibility as if he slept with Ishqav im Bila Pile Umar says, and that's what it says. When Yaakov goes to give the bracha to the brachot to his children, he begins with Reuven, he doesn't really give him a bracha, he says, You profaned my bed, the bed where I slept. Limut out of here, according to Rashi's, it should have said, instead of saying Allah, it should have said Alita, alita. you went up on my bed, referring to Yaakov's bed. So why is it Yitzui Allah? Allah is because it was not only his bed, but also the bed of the Shekhinah. That's why they... Say that it was so bad that he mixed up two beds. Or the other version here, which the Girs has taken out, which is, yitzu-i not in the singular, but in the plural. Ketanai. This is a as to whether Ruvain was sinned or didn't sin. Kamayim you were impulsive. You could not hold on. So now the Gemara Darshan's on the word, Pachas. The Pachas is an acronym for the following. Pazta. You were impulsive. Chavta. You were then obligated. Zilta. And you were mizalzel Your father's bed. Your father's wife. So here, according to Rabbi Eliezer, he did sin. You became obligated, responsible for that which took place by your father. You walked over the religion, over the laws. Chathato, you sinned. Zanito, and you performed Znut by sleeping with Pelega Shaviv. Gilelomer, you davened. Chilita, you sickened yourself over this in order to prevent yourself from sinning. Zarchal, tefillatecha, and your Tfila was successful. Amar al We still need the interpretation of the Gadot according to the Modei, which is Rav Modae. Omer, afok dorsha. Flip the word around. Pachas, read it backwards. Ziyazato. You trembled. Hitraato. You recoiled backwards. Pachachet mimcha. And therefore you were spared from the sin. Rova Amar. Rova said, Ramila Rabbi Ba'ava. Zacharta un shoshodavar. That's what the Zion is. Going backwards. The Zion is, you remember the punishment for such a thing. Chilita atzmecha. You made yourself very sick in preventing yourself from sinning. And you separated yourself out for sinning. So according to this, the first two, Tanaim, Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Lazar, and Rabbi Yoshua believe that Ruvain did sin. Rabbi Leo and Rabbi Lazar believe that he did not sin. And Rabbi supports that opinion that he did not sin. Just as some thoughts on this matter, which the Gemara is about to do now with a number of items. It says here that Ruvain, whoever says that Ruvain sinned, he's mistaken. It's a very difficult statement of the Gemara because the Pasuk is pretty explicit that he slept with Bil Ha. And the Gemara comes up with a stretched explanation of the situation. The Barbanel, in commenting on these items, says, V'anim min hato'in. I am mean, from those that are mistaken. Referring to the Gemara's statement that anybody who says he sinned is a toa, He says, I'm min hato'in. I believe that he did sin and therefore I'm amongst the mistaken. Because that's the Pshat pasuk. Now, what it does involve, and which is very important here, if he did sleep with Bilha, Ha, Shaviv, what exactly was the violation? It depends on what you think a Pelegesh is. Rashi, based on the Gemara and Hedrin, says the only difference between a Pelegesh and a wife is that isha B'Ktuba, a wife comes with a ktubah, Pelegesh, below Ktuba, is without a ktubah. But otherwise it sounds like she's a full-fledged wife to the individual. The Ramban, in Rambam, when Rashi makes the comment on the Keturah of Pilegesh Avraham, the Ramban there argues on Rashi and says that's not the case. The Rambam in the Yad HaZaka, in the Mishnah Torah says that she's a full-fledged wife and you would be punished as an Eshet Ish. The Rivid argues on the Rambam and the Rivid says that a Pilegesh does not have a din of Eshet Ish. The Raivit's explanation is... Compelling in this situation and in other situations that we have throughout Tanakh, that Pilegash she's not Shadish, because then you can explain these situations. If she's not an Eshidish, you can explain that Reuven slept with her, and he didn't sleep with his father's wife. He slept with her concubine. The concubine is not something that is considered to be a wife, and therefore it's not a violation of Arayot to start with. Number two is, in general, when it came to concubines, when it comes to... These Pilag Sholt, after whoever's Pilagish they are passes away, they usually pass down to whoever takes over the mantle or the position of that individual. So Reuven would have assumed that he would be the inheritor of his father's position as being the eldest son. And therefore, in sleeping with Pilegish Aviv, would not have been so far-fetched. Again, it's in the lifetime of his father. That's the problem. That's what causes the issue. But nevertheless, at least it's not within the realm of what we would call Esher Rayot, which is a very serious offense and something that's clearly bothering the Gemara over here. You can't explain it even according to the Pshat as that he did sleep at Beleg but in such a way that it doesn't undermine Ruben's standing completely, and that it is explainable why he did this or what he was thinking when he did do this. Right, he says, That you came up on my bed. That... Yaakov there never says that you slept with my wife. He says that you did something wrong. You took my pilegesh while I was still alive. That's not acceptable. You tried to jump the gun, which is that you tried to inherit my position before I was dead. And that was the problem. Yes, he slept with the pilegesh Aviv, but the implications of sleeping with the Aviv were the problem, which is was trying to take over his father's position, the lifetime of his father. And that will help explain other places in Tanakh as well, where pilegesh is a, a significant factor. Right now the Gemara continues, and here you see the list of these items: Ruvain, Bnei Eli, Bnei Shmuel, David Shlomo Yuash, All of these are going to be the Gemara that's going to say the same statement, which is anybody who says that they sinned, enoel toet, is to making a mistake. We'll get to two of them today, and the remainder tomorrow. First one is Amrav Shmuel Amrav Yonatan, Kolomer, Eli Chatu, enoel Anybody who says Bnei Eli sinned is mistaken. Now over here, the Bifashim split or bifurcated. They say there are two sins that are mentioned in the Navi in the beginning of Shmuel of Kofkni and Pinchas Neili. One was that they were sleeping with the women, married women. Znut. The other one was that they were eating or partaking from the kodashim or stealing the kodashim from the people. Both Rashi and Tosmod are mention over here when Rab Shmuel bar makes a statement over here, he's only talking about the issue of znut. The guy says, they didn't sin." The issue is with the kodashim. You can't say that is because the Navi comes to Eli later and tells them the sin of the Bnei Eli and says they're going to die because of the sin. So there, you can't say they didn't sin. There, you have to say they sinned. But what we're speaking about here is the "no" aspect of it. Shinamar, because it says, "V'sham shnei Bnei Eli." The Bnei Eli were there. Pinchas, So they suffer like a Rav. He holds like Rav. Damar Rav. Rav says Pinchas lo Pinchas was not the sinner here. When the Torah talks about who sinned, it's talking about Chofni. Making Chofni the Pinchas, and then it makes a heckish between Chofni and Pinchas. Pinchas of Chofni, lo Just like Pinchas did not sin, so too Chofni did not sin. What are you gonna do with the puzzle? It says and nashim that they're sleeping with the women. What are you gonna do with that? It's because Chofni and Pinchas were responsible for bringing the korbanot of the women who had given birth, and the women wouldn't go home until they knew their korbanot were on the Mizbech, that they were toorim to go back to their husbands. So Chofni and Pinchas were a little lazy, and they didn't necessarily get it on that day. They used to maybe wait till the next day. And in waiting till the next day, they forced the women to stay overnight in Shiloh, waiting for the korban to be brought. In doing so, they prevented the women from returning to their husbands. So because of that, the puzzle describes as if they slept with the women. They didn't literally sleep with them. They just prevented them from returning home to their husbands. Gufa. Amar, Rav, Pinchas lochata. We just quoted before that Rav says Pinchas did not sin. Shene Amar, because the Pesach says later on, Vaachiya ben Achituv. Chia ben Achituv, who is Achi Ikavod, the brother of Ikavod ben Pinchas, who is the son of Pinchas, is born on the day that Pinchas, Chofni and Eli die. But he is ascribed to who is he it's ikabo ben belhas ben abiyakoen coin hashem he was the coin hashem that was taking the eighth code at that time efshar khayet baliado va ktuv if you think that Pinchas sinned, why would the Pasuk say something about Achia ben Achikov and say, listen, you know who his forefather was? Pinchas. Why would you mention it? Pinchas is not a good person. Why would you make his lineage reflect back on somebody who was not good? Hello, Kfar Nehemar. Doesn't the Navi already say in Malachi, in Perak Bet? Yahreet Hashem La'ish. Hashem will cut off. Hashem Who does these evil acts. Over there in the Pasukim before it says, Someone who sleeps with a woman and talks about all the sins of the Kohanim beforehand. If they do this, then what's going to happen to them? Hashem will cut off that individual, and who will have no child or grandchild within the tents of Yaakov, or someone who brings a mincha before Hashem. If he's a Yisrael, not a Kohen, we will not have someone who is alive, awake, like the Chachamim. V'lo aneb, Not a one respond who responds from the Talmudim. Meaning that he will, they will not be in the houses of Torah. ben Magish mincha. And if he is a Kohen, he will not have a son who brings a mincha. Pinchas, if he really sinned by sleeping with the women then this pasuk would apply to him, and his offspring should not be serving in the Mikdash. Yet, we see that his offspring is. the pasuk says, Asher yishkevun, ha-nashim. Asher yishkevun is in plural. Yishkevun refers to Chofni and Pinchas. When says, no problem, Yishkevan k'tiv. Kri is Yishkevun. But the ktiv, the way it's written in the Torah is written without the vav, so that can be referring to the ishkavan that he slept with them, meaning that chofni not Pinchas. Vak'tiv. When Eli comes to rebuke his children, he says, my children don't do this, because I'm hearing bad rumors about what you are doing. But there he's referring to Banai. Banai being both of his children. Again, You pronounce it, you read it as B'nai, but if you look at the K'tiv, it says B'ni, Al-B'ni, referring to only to Chofni, not to Pinchas. va Ma'avirim, so here is, this is very problematic, because the pasuk says also that they were Ma'avirim, Am Hashem. So what does it mean, Ma'avirim, Am Hashem, is written in the plural? The way the Gemara answers it, Am Ravuna Breder of Ma'aviram K'tiv, it's written without the Yod, in the singular form, not in the plural, referring to Chofni, not Pinchas. Tosafot right away raises the problem. So does Rashi. Our navi has it written with the yud in it. We don't have this. We don't have Mavi ram instead of mavirim as the ktiv. We have mavirim as the kri and the ktiv. So Tosafot says we have cases like this in other places in Shas. For the Gemara quotes something, and our navi does not have the same incident. If you look here on the Gilani of Shas, it's probably one of the biggest Gilani of Shas, If so we keep egres in Shas, the Gilani of Shas here goes through every place in Shas. Where the Gemara quotes something, and our Sukkim do not match that. Wherever we have an Art Torah or an Avim doesn't match what the Gemara claims is there. Rashi right away says it's a taud Gadol. Says this cannot be the girsa. He thinks this doesn't belong in the Gemara at all. Because he says that it's not even a question. So it's not a question because the word is Mavirim and not Avru. We know that the problem here is that Chofni and Pinchas are sinning. Mavirim et Amashem would make it sound like they were causing the Amashem to sin. And that's not the problem of Chofni and Pinchas. The problem of Chofni and Pinchas is that they were sinning. So Rashi reinterprets the word Mavirim not to mean that they were causing to sin, but rather Mavirim from Yaviru Koba Machaneh. Yaviru Koba Machaneh means that the voice was heard throughout the Machaneh. There was a message being sent out. So that's what it means, mavirim, Amashem is they're causing the amishem to speak about them. The rumors. And that's what the word mavirim means here, and therefore won't be a question at all on chofni and pinchas. And that's the way Rashi answers the problem. No, the mavirim is that they caused the rumors to be spread. Because he says the word mavir, it does not mean to sin here, but rather means rumors to be spread. So Savot leaves it the way it is and just says that we have this in other places, that there's a stereotype when what the Gemara thinks of the, in the Navi and what we have. Vakhti Bey B'li'al says about the B'nai'li that they were called bnei Al. These are people who have no conscience, who have act without restraint. And it's talking about both of them. So Mu'ar says, <laughs> Pinchas should have rebuked Chovni, <laughs> and he didn't rebuke him. It's as if he sinned. Now that's according to Rav. Yochanan before said that he didn't sin at all, and he's not held accountable at all, and that's why Pinchas is considered to be a person who was not to'er. So there, that's Rabbi Yochanan says that Pekhas did not sin before, and when Pekhas didn't sin, then he's makish chufni to that and said he also didn't sin. Amar Shmuel bar Nachman Amar Yonatan. The next one is called Bnei Shmuel Chaduino El Anyway, it says that the children of Shmuel sinned is mistaken. Shne Amar says in the pasuk Vayehi Kasher of Zaken Shmuel when Shmuel became old, v'lo chalchu b'na They didn't follow his ways says, they didn't go in his ways, but they didn't sin either. the puzzle says that they did sin. What does the puzzle says? They were drawn after shochat, after bribery. They didn't do like their father. Shayash Israel. Shmua, when he was a Shofate, used to travel around to all of Israel and judge them, adjudicate them in their local areas. But Tam Barhem and judge them in their own city, Shinemar, Each year he would go, Sabab, Bedel, Gilga, Gamitpah, ShafatI Israel. He would go around to do the adjudication, the judgment of cases for Israel. they didn't do this. Elias Shubarhem. they stayed in their place. They Hazhem and Suhim, to bring money or support, basically Parnoso to Hasznehem, Haznehem are the equivalent of the sheriffs who put out the subpoenas. And so for him, are the, the stenographers or those that write the court documents, <coughs> is actually a <coughs> They were the Leviim, they were entitled to Maisei Rishon. And it says, Rabbi Meir says that they used to ask for the Maisei Rishon, even though you're not allowed to do that. The person who has the Maisei Rishon or has the Chuma has the right to give it to him he likes. The problem was that they were the G'dol and they asked for it. Once they asked for it, nobody's going to turn them down. And therefore they were cheating everybody else out of Rishon because nobody else got it because they asked for it. They used to give their monies, their possessions to their Bale Batim and tell them, go do business for us. There used to be partnerships in the business. And, as Rashi says, then when those Bale Batim came before them to a judgment, they were more lenient on them because they relied on them for their Parnasa. So they were. They took extra maser by force because of their position of power. They took the matnot bizra'. Rashi brings two interpretations to that. One is that they took the matnot kuna of lechaim and that belonged to the Qanim, even though they were Levium, they took it by force. Or matnot Like the Maser they took by force, meaning again they didn't wait for it to be given to them, they took it on their own. So yes, they were Levium, yes, they're entitled to my but they're not entitled to determine. Who gives in the Maishishon? They have to be given it willingly by the Baalim. They took it against their will. So you have here a mixture of Tanaim. Some who say that they sinned. Others that say that they didn't act necessarily appropriately. But they didn't necessarily sin in Batsa, in bribery. Okay, we'll stop over here and we'll continue with the others uh, tomorrow.